credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Vitruvian Podcast, a podcast centered around self-mastery. I'm your host, Zach Shankin. Today, I'm joined by Kasim Akram. Kasim is a 20-year-old entrepreneur from the UK and founder of CreativeScale.io and WinnerCircle.io. Kasim began his journey with an e-commerce marketing agency at the age of just 17, and in just a few short years, scaled past 50K per month, while also teaching his unique style of agency scaling to other ambitious entrepreneurs. Outside of his entrepreneurial success, Kasim has undergone a massive personal journey, taking leaps in his personal development over the last year, a passion he also shares with his audience, and we will absolutely be discussing today. Uh, I'm excited to share this conversation with you today. Kasim, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's been uh, a very serendipitous um, path for us to meet. We, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just kind of speaks to Bali, and I know you're exactly. super bullish on the space here, which we can talk yeah, yeah. about, but... Um, the other day I was running the 10 K with some friends, which is just a charity event here on the ground. I saw Mitchell, a mutual friend now, and I complimented him on his tattoos actually. And then that started the conversation. And then halfway through, he was like, you should meet my friend Kasim. So he connected us over Instagram. We met the other day, had a long conversation, which could have been a podcast in of itself and then have since had another dinner. So I'm glad to take the time in a, in a somewhat formal setting and, and share the space with you and share the space with 100%. our audiences. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm very excited. Sure, me too, man, me too. Cool. So typically the way I like to open things up is hear a little bit about your path to the world of self-mastery, as I mm-hmm. call it, um, self-actualization. Um, and I've heard parts of your story, but I think it's a powerful one and worth retelling. Mm-hmm. So walk me through a little bit about your entry and foray into the world of self-development. It's obviously linked somewhat to your journey to entrepreneurship as well, but um, walk me through that entry point and uh, whether there was an inflection point, a person, a book that really changed everything for you. Yep. And we'll go from there. So my journey started when I was 17. Uh, I was 17 and kind of the way I got into realizing that uh, the normal path of life that was kind of reported to me by everyone in society, my parents, you know, school, whatever else, was not the, you know, the path I wanted to go down was, it's kind of the, I was 17, end of kind of the last like two years of high school, so you're you know, choosing the last exams, the last subjects to then determine what university course you do. So I was going down the route of uh, computing science, but I had no passion for computing whatsoever. But my only goal with computing was that, or my only vision with it was that I knew it was a, a space or an in- industry that I could make some good money, you know, rather than anything, any other boring, boring industry. Um, so I kind of just, you know, stuck at it and I did it as much as I can. Um, and then I eventually did get kind of, I guess, my dream uh, position in, in university slash, it was, it's kind of called a, a degree apprenticeship university. Plus you have, you work at a big bank, you kind of like, you know, do both and both. So it was perfect. I was getting paid to go to university uh, for, to be a software engineer. But then I, I, I went through that whole process of interviewing. There was like one out of like a hundred people that went that got in. So it was, I did the best I could. Um, but then I realized when I started talking to the people who were interviewing me, people that I've worked at, at this big bank for like 15, 20 years, and I was like, oh, how's your like, you know, life been? You know, how's the journey been? I, I imagine like you've moved up quite a lot now. You're like, what are you now? Like a you know, chief, you know, something officer. Um, and they were like, oh no, it doesn't really work like that. You know, you, you just kind of like move around departments here and there if you want to, but you don't really move up the company that much. And my whole vision was like, you know, going down this route was to maybe like, you know, obviously finish university, work three, four, five years, move up the company, 
be like you know see something all uh and then and then uh, eventually start my own tech startup but that was like crushed by by realizing that this is not how life works uh, i was kind of living in my own world in, in that sense so that's when everything started essentially from there and this was like uh, the peak of lockdown so this is when lockdown started in the uk i'm from scotland by the way so it was it's kind of like a lockdown was pretty intense there um so lockdown started and it was kind of a perfect time for me because i you know i guess school wasn't as intense in terms of you weren't in school all the time so I, I, every single day when I turned 17, it was 2020, um, January till April, every single day was at home, just watching videos, how to make money online, how to make, yeah, just how to get rich, <laughs> all this different, like watch every single video out there, like discovered every single business model that, that existed online, trading, Amazon FBA, dropshipping, whatever. And I eventually came across a business model that I started, uh, which was called at the time Social Media Marketing Agency. So essentially... You start a service-based business and you provide services in return for a monthly retainer. And you can essentially, at the time, you were getting, you were getting told that you can just outsource the work to somebody else. So I was like, this is perfect. I had no money. Uh, I had no experience with anything. So I was like, okay, this is perfect. I can do this. And at the time, this is where like, I imagined that my, you know, my surrounding, my parents, my friends would be supportive of it. And honestly, I could do it with my friends maybe. But then I quickly realized that that's not how life works. You know, uh, my, my parents shut it down straight away. I got into a big argument with them over months and months and months. Um, same with friends, not argument, but it was more like uh, as soon as I told them about it, like who's going to pay a 17-year-old multiple thousands per month? Or who's going to work with you? All this kind of shit. Um, so yeah, I, from there, that's when I kind of, instead of trying to, you know, I guess talk to the outside world and trying to like, you know, get a validation from there. Uh, I quickly then just went completely like by myself, complete in solitude. I uh, didn't talk about my business to anybody else, honestly, until I was living in Dubai. I didn't talk to my business, to, even my parents didn't know about it. So that was like the, the starting point of me really going hard on developing myself. So from there, again, I, I kept watching videos, kept studying the business model that I, was, I wanted to start. Um, you know, it was many months of procrastination, like everybody goes through, I'm sure, procrastination and lack of motivation and all this stuff that everybody goes through. But then I, I, I then realized that what I was lacking in was, was I guess, the, like self-mastery, was, was habits and, and, and a routine and a structure. Because obviously, you know, you're not in school, so it was up, the day was up to me. I was only 17 and this kind of brought me back to something that my dad always used to say to me. I played tennis competitively when I was like, when all, all my childhood really until I was like, you know, 17. Um, and one thing he always said to me was that, you know, I, I want the world. I want everything uh, that, you know, I, I want to achieve big things. I'm a big achiever, a big dreamer, but I'll never do the work to get there. Mm. Uh, and I, I, as I was a child, I was always like, nah, you're talking rubbish. You know, I'd get angry and get defensive every single time through every time he told me that through childhood. Because um, that's what happened with tennis. Like, you know, I had the talent and the skill to be, you know, one of the best and you know, where I came from. Um, but I just, you know, compared to everybody else, everybody else put the work in. But I decided to not put the work in mm. as much as possible. Obviously, like, not didn't leave everything out in the field. Um, and the same was happening with my business. I had a big dream. I had a big, you know, goal. I had big plans, but I didn't put the work in to get there. Um, I just, you know, call it procrastination. But honestly, procrastination is a pretty much pointless word. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll talk about that maybe. Um, but yeah, didn't put the work in for for many months. But then something clicked, and that something that clicked was one. I realized that I should have a structure to my day. This is when I was seventeen, obviously, so very very foundational. But I should have a structure to my day, um, and also I kind of had a a source of accountability. Um, I had a I had a friend that um, I met online. He was kind of doing what I wanted to do, but three, four, five years ahead of me. Um, and he was the first. I remember, like, I uh, jumped on call, uh, like a group call. It was like a you know, Facebook group. I uh, jumped on call with him, told him my goals, and he was like, oh, "My goal was 10k a month by my 18th birthday." And he was like, "Don't worry, man. You're gonna hit that way before that." And that was the first time, because obviously at this time, last several past six months before this, 
I talked to my business about nobody. You know, I didn't tell my goals to anybody. I didn't you know talk to my business at all or life in general to anybody else. So this was the first ever person I had in my life telling me, you know, you can actually accomplish your goals way before you think you can. Uh, and that sort of accountability plus a Facebook group was 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 a massive help for me um, to, to actually take to take action on what what I knew I could do. And then from there, as soon as I took action, maybe in, in a month and a half, I think I reached reached my goal of 10k a month. So it was around my goal was to do it by December, which is my birthday. Um, I did it in September, I think that year. So then, yeah, um, from there, I, I obviously used that. I remember like my routine in school. School was back on for a couple of months. So my routine in school was wake up, uh, I think 5.30 or 6. School would start like around 8.45. So I'd go to the gym. I'd walk to the gym, like maybe like a 20 minute walk. Um, go hit the gym, shower there, then walk to school. And then after, I'd obviously go throughout school, I'd eat. You know, I was also like, losing a lot of fat at the time. So I was very strict with my diet and returning. So yeah, I'd finish school obviously, and then I'd come home, uh, and almost like my, my philosophy with how I lived my day at that time was like I lived two days. My first day was school, my second day was my life. Mm. The second day when I came back at like 4 p.m., cold shower, workout again, and then I got onto my like four or five hours of work until like 9, 9 10 p.m. And that routine for I think three, four months is what built my life initially. Um, mm. So then from there, it was around December, or not November, and I, I, and I asked my friend at the time, you know, how should I use my money? I had like 20, 30K saved up from a few months of 10K a month. And then uh, he was like, why don't you just invest in your life and come to Dubai? Because he was in Dubai at the time. So then that's what led me to move to Dubai on my 18th birthday. Again, you know, a lot of uh, arguments with parents and you know, external environments. But again, I kept it quiet uh, until the last second. And I, and I knew it was the thing for me because I, I, since a young age, I think self-mastery for me was was a lot about being open mm. um, and being open to experiences and, and just new ways of thinking or perspectives. And I think that's one of the things that's honestly been a massive you know, driver for me coming to where I am in life is the fact that I've always been open to, to anything that came to me. And mm. I've never like shut it down or be too, was too scared to do it or was thought I hadn't, you know, I wasn't, I didn't deserve this. Um, so Dubai was the first really big leap, apart from business, was a really big leap to really mastering myself and discovering who I really am and, and evolving myself past just like a, a normal person. Um, so yeah, from there, I moved to Dubai. Uh, it was only meant to spend a week there, but spent three, four months there uh, during school as well. So it was, it was pretty, pretty crazy. Um, learned a lot there, but life, whole new perspective on life. My goals went from, well, I, my dream is to make 30K a month, just as a whole, this like 1K a day was my dream in, as, as, uh, in total. Um, and now, you know, seeing the people that I was with living in Dubai, not too old than me, multi-millionaires, um, my goal went from that to, I want to be a millionaire now, and I know, I know how I can do it. So, so yeah, that was a massive uh, step for me in terms of, I think that's where I am right now because I had the perspective of where I can reach in life. But I think in a, you know, the environment I had in Glasgow, which is where I'm from, was pretty, like nobody was around me uh, to, to kind of motivate me. I had nobody else in business or any friends that wanted to get into it. It was just me. Um, so yeah, that, that move to Dubai was also a massive step to, to, to mastering not just, you know, all, kind of all aspects, wealth um, and, and business and money, but also myself. Uh, I learned a lot about training and tr like kind of found my way that I really enjoyed to train. Um, and, and when it comes to how I use my money, I learned a lot about that as well. Also socially as well, kind of before I moved to Dubai, I had no social life, honestly, because you know, I just stayed at home, played Xbox every single day. So that was my first social environment, right? So it was like uh, also then, you know, understood how to like master the game of, you know, coming to a social environment and, you know, showing us, show, showing up in the way that people will, you know, like people, they like, will like you and mm -hmm. you attract the right people. So, um, so yeah, from there, uh, I, know, yeah, we, I don't know how to do to go into the rest of the journey, but from no. there, traveled the world, lived in Dubai again for next winter, uh, traveled around Europe with my friends on a road trip, uh, came to Bali. And uh, again, Bali was a whole, almost like a whole new start to my new life again mm. when I came here in April this year. 
um, yeah, it was like the start to my new life. Uh, I, I discovered a lot of things about what was truly holding me back, um, why I was truly not happy, even though I had all the success I wanted to have, honestly. Um, and we can talk about, I don't know if you want to talk about it now, but I, I, there's a lot of things that I realized which was set off a chain reaction to me becoming who I am today. Like if you talked to me like six months ago, wouldn't be the same conversation. Mm. Um, wouldn't be the same person either. So, um, so yeah, it's since April this year, it's been a massive, massive transformation, massive movement. It's just getting started in my opinion. Like now it's time to actually continue to take act, like take action and implement all the stuff that I've learned and, it's almost like this concept I like to think of like ceiling to floor mm. um, of like what you want to start with your ceiling in terms of the way you live life, the way you see life, the way you operate um, can now become your floor to live off of. And that's happened, you know, kind of every month, I guess from every second month is like uh, I'm reaching a new ceiling and mm. then I, that's my floor to live off of now. Uh, so it's almost like every second month, every third month, I'm living a whole new life. I'm a different person. So it's been, uh, it's been a good journey so far. Um, and slowly I'm now, you know, moving into master different parts of my life. The kind of like money side is not mastered, but it's, it's, it's a good point. Um, business side is, is definitely like my vision with that. It's, it's kind of like solid. I'm very happy with it. Um, now it's time to I'm mastering your know, training, training really hard, uh, Muay Thai and, and boxing. So fighting is a thing for me that, that I really want to master now. Um, and yeah, just like more things that pass just business and getting to that point where you want, you're happy with yourself. It's, it's now kind of what I'm focusing on. Amazing. Um amazing story and certainly very well told lots to go back into i do uh one thing that sticks out to me is the the move to dubai um kind of expanding your mindset by seeing just what the world's capable of right mm. like you're raising the potential for what life can even look like just by seeing that it is it actually happening exactly, people yeah. are really living it um but i get messages a lot like how do you have the courage to make the big leap like even with this bali trip like people are messaging like kind of asking about that mindset to make these big leaps whether it's start a business post your first thing on social media make a big trip that even your parents may or may not mm. support or stand for um quit your job these types of larger leaps so were you somebody that always had that innate sense of confidence um and then with that decision how did you assess or know that it was the right one mm -hmm. I don't think it was confidence as much. I think honestly what I've discovered is that the more you detach from the world around you the, and the more you live in your own world and you like create your own views uh, and you don't live based off the views that other people have, maybe even your parents or somebody as close as that. Um, that's kind of the point I was at when I was 17. It's again the point I'm at right now uh, where I'm completely detached from what anybody else thinks, what anybody else tells me. Um, and when I was 17... You know, especially because I was at the in a situation where nobody even knew about my business, where I didn't just consult anybody else, I didn't ask anybody else where to go to Dubai. I was, I lived in my own world, so I was like living a fancy, living in my in a fancy world almost. So, I think detaching from the the judgment of others or the opinion of others um, in general is a massive massive thing to do if you want to be a high, you know a high achiever. Uh, and you want to accomplish your goals because if you're constantly held down by the judgment of others, the being validated by others, it then telling you it's a good idea, all this kind of stuff. It's like their opinion is only a projection of their, you know, their lives. So if somebody is, you know, older than you and not really has, you know, lived their dream life and they kind of like kept kept it safe and and, and like lived a, an average life, they're never going to tell you, yeah, man, you should go to Dubai when you're 18, when you when you turn eighteen. Like no no one would have said yes to me. Everybody'd be like, oh, you're stupid you know, stay at home, all this kind of stuff. And everyone did, you know, even to this day, people, my, my parents are asking me to come back home. Why am I living away? So it's, it's it, for me, the, the biggest thing was, I think the reason I had no uh, feeling of 
maybe I shouldn't go. It was I just lived in my own world. I was like, okay, I have this opportunity. I have a friend there. Um, and he's saying I should come uh, and it's going to be a massive step for me. Um, I had no expectations. I didn't know what was going to happen, honestly. But I, just the thought of it was like, wow. Uh, and I, I was in the position to do it as well. So yeah, that openness came from, I think, the just living in my own world uh, and not not caring or consulting others when I know that it's right for me. Uh, I think that's a big thing as well. People are too caught up in other people's uh, opinions uh, and people's validation for their own for their own dreams. Mm. But if, if if you know that you are not you're like worthy enough of your own dreams and you have a dream and and you think that you are worthy of that dream, then nothing can stop you and nothing should should stop you. So uh, that was a big thing for me, hundred uh, percent. I completely agree. I think you know I've been talking. It's been a coming through line in the last few podcasts that I've recorded um, about the power of detachment. Mm. It's an interesting duality, uh, it's, and it is somewhat paradoxical, especially as a high achiever with large goals for your life. Um, still aiming at certain results and you have to be, you know, process oriented and have goals and metrics and KPIs and all these things. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, completely detaching from those outputs yep. and focusing entirely on the inputs. And then, 100%. you know, those are the, the language I was using there is obviously business and, and deliverables, but even like personal goals as well. Like I mm -hmm. want to move to here. I want to have a partner like this. I want to have a lifestyle like this. It's important to have the directionality but yep. allow like life to surprise you with the magnitude or yep. the potential 100%. end point and just focusing on what are the inputs for business. It's like, what are, what are the lever moving tasks on the day to day? And then I think for life, it's about being the person that 100%. is going to arrive at those places. There's a, there's a really powerful thing that I read recently on that topic is don't be someone who wants stuff, be someone who creates stuff. Like don't, don't want, don't be a wanting person, be one who creates. So don't like want this life that you don't want the business to be successful. Don't want to have the life that you want to have. Don't want the goals that you want to have. Just create it. Wake up every single day and create it. Uh, mm. Create it for yourself. And creating just means just doing the next necessary required action um, and, and stop wanting it. Because if you live in like a, it's almost like self-pity where you're living in a state of like, I want this and I want that. For me, I think it was, it's always been a case of if I have a thought of that, something that I want, I don't just keep thinking that I want it. I just, I just do whatever it takes to, to, to get it, I guess, in a sense. And that's with everything, you know, not just with business or money, it's, it's with life in general. Like I, I, okay, I want to live in Dubai now. I want to be in Dubai anyway, like not just live. I just want to be there in that situation because I've been, I've been, the opportunity has come to me. Mm -hmm. So rather than just like sitting there thinking, I'd like to be there, I'd want to be there for months and months, straight away, I was like, okay, let me look at a flight. You know, so, so and obviously it was, it was hard at the time because I was 17, but I eventually, I made it happen. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of, probably, I think any 17 year old would, would get so bummed down. You know, I was arguing my parents for months and months and months and, it was it was not a good time mentally because um, of that, but yeah, I made it. I, I, if I wanted it to happen, I created it. You know, and nothing can really stop you if you want something to happen. At the end of the day, that's what you have to realize as well. No, no, nothing external can really stop you. It's just you are. It's it's the meaning you put to whatever happens externally. It's the meaning you put to your parents getting annoyed at you, or people telling you no, or people telling you that you're wrong, or whatever. It's the meaning you give to that that really affects you because the. The meaning affects your emotions and then the emotions affect your decisions and your actions and that's obviously how you de determine your life so that's something that i've that's been really important for me to realize um it's the meaning i give to everything that really makes a difference it's not like what happens externally or what somebody does to me uh, or says to me that actually changes the way i think how do you disconnect the emotionality at the beginning of that process because now it's something that is likely very you know, unconscious for you, you know, it's a regular practice where you're not taking things personally, you just see them as objective and or neutral. Um, and you're guiding the ship of your life. But especially at the beginning, it can be hard when people you love, 
or people that are close to you or even just people in general are spraying mm. their doubt at you in any form, how do you create that space from the emotional reaction? Mm. And uh, There was a really powerful line that uh, a friend told me, an older friend when I was 17. And uh, it was mainly to do with the fact that my parents, obviously my parents are Asian, so it's a lot more strict when it comes to like, you have to go to university and stuff like this. It's obviously that's how, they, that how they've been told their whole lives, that someone's successful life comes from university. So that was a big thing. I didn't go to university. Um, I didn't, really didn't want to. Obviously, my parents you know, extremely hard on me when it comes to, you need to go to university. I don't, you know, we don't want you to son if you don't go, all that kind of stuff. But the line that really made me stick to my own decision was somebody told me, do you want to please your parents for the rest of your life or do you, just want, or do you actually want to serve them? So when I truly thought about that for, I don't know, a few weeks, I was like, damn, like that's, I don't want to displease my parents. And especially with Asian parents or any parents really, they'll always want to be pleased, but deep down, you, they want you, they, they don't want you, but your duty as a man, as a, as a son or a daughter is to serve your parents or, or your family or your friends. Mm. So if you just want to please them and make them happy, um, but you know deep down that there's something you can do that may displease them in the short term, but will serve them in the long term, then it's going to just have to, it's, it's, it's about being a man, you know, just have to like realize that, okay, like no matter what they say, I know that I'm serving them. So I know that my love for them is there and I'm not doing wrong by them. So therefore, like, you're not emotionally, you don't make that, you don't make their words mean much to you. Like I kind of, I, I was kind of, I guess it's a bit sad, but like my parents' word kind of became numb to me mm. uh, in that sense, where I was kind of numb to whatever they said. They said, you know, not, not horrible stuff, but, you know, them being Asian, they, they said some pretty harsh stuff. Um, but I was just kind of numb to it because I knew in the back of my mind I'm serving my parents right now. I know that this decision is truly going to serve them. Uh, mm. And that's kind of how I approach every decision that I make. Uh, that is powerful. And I think it's something that I have felt since stepping into the work that I'm doing and, and having kind of the, the higher mission. And I know you, we've talked about this before, like even with the direction you're going with your content where you envision yourself mm. long-term, like wanting to truly not only serve your family, but the world yeah, at large exactly. and like help people unlock their potential and, and, mm -hmm. and their life. And once you're on that, you know, I call it like the heroic mission, right? Like once you enter the arena, mm -hmm. it, it all becomes quiet. They, uh, like there's a million quotes, like they don't build statues of critics and yeah, you know, yeah. the intro and outro of this podcast is the, the man in the arena speech from Theodore Roosevelt. Like it's mm -hmm. not the critic who counts. It's mm -hmm. the man who's in the arena, sweat, blood, tears and whether you fail or not you tried and you experienced yep, it, it and you you bled for it um once you're in that space it all gets very very quiet and so i think that is typically my feedback to people who are listening to this kind of podcast and then maybe they're following your content and they're like ah maybe i'll start a business maybe i won't uh, i don't know what i want to do what business model and they're they're in the consumption phase but there's a lot of confusion yeah. um my response to people when they're confused is that you haven't found your thing. Yeah, yeah. You haven't found the thing that sets your heart on fire. Exactly. Because once you have that, yeah, it all dissolves away. And I think that, because it also comes into one of the, th one of the steps I took for self-mastery as well was spending uh, time with monks last year. I spent three, four months with them. It just came, it became about this thing. It was something the universe wanted me to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I was at the point where it's been like a year and a bit of like me being successful and me living my dream, my, my dream life in a lot of ways. And then I was still kind of unhappy in a lot of ways. I wasn't, didn't really feel fulfilled. I didn't feel like truly happy. So I spent time with, with, with monks, um, the same kind of like people that Jay Shetty, if you know him, where him mm -hmm. is where he comes from. Um, so I did a couple of retreats with them, spent a lot of time with them, lived with them even for, for like a couple of months. Um, and over time, obviously I learned a lot of things. But over time, the, the main thing that I learned from them, because uh, I was asking them over time, you know, what do I, 
how do I truly be happy and feel fulfilled with my life? Um, cause, because they knew that I was doing well for myself and I was young and all this kind of stuff. Um, and they said, find how you can be of service to the world and make that your mission. Mm. And I think, I think truly now, even when it comes into small things, like even serving your family, you're serving your, your mother and father, like if everything, like finding your thing comes down to how can you be of service to people that matter to you most? And then obviously, you know, not everyone's going to be of service to the world straight away. It's going to take some time to get there. Some people, not everybody has the opportunity to, to do that or needs to do that in a sense. But everyone, when they're doing something they truly enjoy, it's because they're serving someone else. You know, we're on this planet to serve, I think, in my opinion. Um, even in ways that you might not even think you're serving, you are serving people. If it be your clients or be it the businesses you work with or your boss, you are serving someone. Um, so you just have to find the, the thing that you can do where you can truly serve uh, and enjoy serving. And that's that's where you're going to find your thing. Uh, and then you can turn that into a business that makes millions or you know a business that impacts impacts the world or whatever it can be even something as small as just impacting your community or impacting your family where you know that that's still enough for somebody to be truly happy in life so um so yeah that's that's what i've discovered as how you can be truly fulfilled with business with life with how you're living life with the decisions you make it's am i doing this to be of service for first myself and then am i doing this to be of service to the people that i care about most i completely agree and i actually it's funny you mentioned jay because in the week uh, of my program on purpose, I bring up another distinction. I, I, I make a distinction on inner and outer purpose, which we can go into, but also passion versus purpose, because I think people mm. conflate them a lot. Yep, and yep, Jay yep. has a great quote talking about your passion is for you and your purpose is your passion in service of others. Yep, 100%. Um, and it's when you can find that, that sweet spot where you're doing both that I think that is your purpose built gift to give the world. It's what I call the, your Achilles advantage. Like the thing that you're trying to be uniquely positioned to give for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, and that's obviously my mission is to get as many people finding their gift and then giving it for the rest of their life exactly, as possible. And I think that is my gift to give is to help other people or facilitate other people seeing it, the greatness within themselves. And it's why I also like what you were talking about where you go inward to then be of service. Uh, I talked with James actually on the podcast about selfishness as selflessness. Yeah, yeah. Because it's only from an overflowing cup that you can continue exactly, to give. Man. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It's one thing that I've, I mean, this is a big topic to talk about if you haven't heard about it before, but um, I've truly discovered that this, the, one of the main things that I um, caused the big transformation in April um, was me discovering that everything that was holding me back in life, all my roadblocks, the reason I was procrastinating, the reason that I didn't feel happy with myself or, you know, in all senses, in all aspects of my life, was that I didn't have any love for myself. Mm. Uh, I had a la big lack of self-love for who I was right now. I only had love for who I could be, the image of who I could be, mm. that makes sense. So that was the reason as to why I didn't feel like who I was, you know, I didn't love myself enough to do the things that I need to do to become that person or didn't, didn't love myself enough to do the things I even want to do on a small scale, like what I wanted to eat that day or where I want to go that day or the... And just whatever you train that day um so that was a massive thing that i learned and then from there what i realized now is that when you truly love yourself so you almost feel like a one life loves you back so everything that you want not everything but a lot of things that you want that you really you know should have in life come to you just you know just because that's the universe that loves you back but also other than that you like you said it's kind of a, you can only have an over when you have an overflowing cup of love it's like when you love yourself that love passes on to others so then you, then from that state from that you know place that stance you can then 
actually uh, be of service to others. And, and until then, you're never going to be truly who you can be when it comes to helping other people or starting a business or whatever it could be. So you have to love yourself enough and feel that love flowing through you. Uh, it sounds a bit esoteric or whatever, but it's so like it's, it's a feeling. It's a hard thing to talk about because when you say these words, people may not f- have not felt it yet and they just don't really understand it. And I was the exact same. I always heard self-love and I was like, that's you know, a bit girly or whatever, and that's kind of rubbish. But then when you feel self-love, when you, when you feel the, having love, true love for yourself and almost falling in love with yourself as a man, it's, uh, it's, one of, it's probably the most amazing feeling uh, that, I've, that I've ever felt. Um, and it's about every single day for me, it's about making sure that I feel that uh, every single day. And that then pushes me to be in a, in, a, in a state where I can then be of service to other people, be of service to myself, do what I need to do, take action. Um, and also almost anything, to be honest. Yeah, this is, this is good. And I'm glad we've, we've gotten in this direction because I think it's, so powerful and beyond the business stuff, which which is a, an excellent endeavor and it's an arena that we yeah, will yeah. find ourselves in. And it's fun game to play. This is like, this is the game of life. 100%, um, yeah. And I wrote a tweet about it the other day uh, that was something to the effect of like the real hero's journey for a man is his path from head to heart. Mm-hmm. Um, because if we, we live very quickly in the modern world we're told to start parsing through reality and like categorizing it and, and thinking through our problems. Like what's your plan? What's your direction? What's your vision? Mm -hmm. And when you are also a smarter person, like a a more talented kid, they send you to things like computer science or like engineering. And they're like, Oh, the smart kids go study that. Like go use your intellect to navigate the world. And it's very easy to fall into the trap where you're always just thinking, but the conceptual space of love like yes i know i need to love myself everybody hears that right like, yeah. you don't want to hate yourself but that can only bring you up to the line of understanding that you need it mm-hmm. but feeling into what it means to feel love for yourself changes everything and yeah. that is the transition from the head space to the heart space 100 um the mind knows but the heart feels 100%. and that's a different kind of knowing it's like knowing with a capital k exactly um it's so living yeah so that's it's like knowing versus living like it, mm. it's a lot of, like i was in a, in a state as well like i knew a lot and I, I had a lot of knowledge but i didn't do anything with it and that's not living it so instead of le- just knowing everything you can actually live that you know you live this knowledge and, and actually implement it into your life that's what you know feeling it is uh, and it's one uh, i remember um it was on a on a mushroom trip. Uh, a, a friend who was you know at, at the peak of awakening. Uh, he, I was just not there. I was kind of like where I normally am in life before this transformation, where I was like overthinking. I was stressed out. I was. I knew I needed to do something to get to where I wanted to be, but I didn't didn't want to do it. I was too scared. Mm-hmm. All this kind of stuff. And he said, "Bro, just stop thinking. Just feel." And I was just, I was like, "Yo, uh, it took me a while to like you know truly internalize what you were trying to say." But that's honestly one of the most important advice I can give to anybody you know it's like during your life just think less and just feel your way into things Uh, what that means is between doing the tasks like if you have an idea to do a task stop thinking before you actually do the task just do it and feel your way into it and you'll feel the feeling Mm -hmm. that you get from doing that task and you know turning idea into action in a very you know like closing the gap between idea and action I guess Mm -hmm. so the thinking shouldn't be uh, before you do the task, from idea to task, it should be only when you're in the task. That's the only time you should think. But you know, in between that, even something as small as thinking, I want to jump in the pool today, like that, there should be no thinking between that idea and jumping in the pool. As something where like it's it's like a small thing, but it's it's so powerful for me. It's like a thing where before it sounds so stupid, but it's so powerful. Where like um before I I lived in places with a pool pretty much my ever since I was eighteen, um and I never honestly never jumped in the pools that I had uh, just because I was over, I would overthink it you know for every reason you'd overthink it. Um, I, but 
something like when I know that when I I'm in this state of loving myself the way that I can tell that I am or way that I can push myself to do that is just I think about jumping in the pool and I just do it doesn't matter mm. what what I'm wearing anything I just jump in the pool um, I, I do the things I want to do go to the beach in the morning train when I want to train uh, eat when I want to eat eat what I want to eat as well um, all this stuff it's, it's like these small things are what truly matters it's not about like the money that, you know if I make this certain money goal or if I this business does well it's these small little things that you don't do for yourself every single day that truly puts you in this, you know, it's one thing we talk about as well, where um, there's two overall types of states you can live in in your life. Uh, there's a suffering state, which is what most people in the world live in. Mm. So states like uh, fear, uh, judgment, just, uh, you know, jealousy, all the negative states. Um, and then a beautiful state. So beautiful states are states like love, gratitude, um, you know, just happiness, joy, you know, gratitude, you know, all this kind of stuff like this, anything positive. And uh, what I've discovered is that the two things that determine the quality of your life is first, what state you live, your, state you live your life in. But then second also, because it's a important thing to realize that you're never always going to be in a beautiful state. Um, you're always, things are going to trigger you because your whole life you've been conditioned to be triggered by whatever people saying certain things to you or you, you know, not want to take action or anything you know, can mm-hmm. happen really. So it's not about never being in a suffering state. It's about closing the gap from being in a suffering state to being in a beautiful state. Because there is a lot of things you can do, very simple things that can take you five minutes um, that can push you back and act like the bridge to take you from a suffering state to a beautiful state. Uh, and what I've discovered is that that's the true like meaning of productivity or like happiness in general. It's honestly everything, uh, productivity, happiness, anything. Um, it's, it's about what state you're in. If you're operating from a state, like a suffering state, a state of fear, state of judgment, state of whatever, um, negative, then you can't take action from that state. And if you do take action, it's going to be poor. It's going to be poor quality. Uh, and you're not going to enjoy what you're doing. Uh, and everything's going to, and, and your head fall apart. Uh, it could be with fitness, could be with, uh, with your work, could be with, with the business. But if you take action from a, from a beautiful state, nothing can affect you because you determine, you control the meaning you give to everything. So if something, for example, you get a negative reply from a lead or the money you wanted to make didn't happen, you don't see that as a as something negative. You see that as like you, you take the good out of everything. You see the silver lining. You you approach everything in a way where like no matter what happens in my life, you know God or the universe is trying to show me something here. Is that there's a lesson here for me to learn? And if you approach life in that way. Um, that you just you can't be unhappy. Uh, you can't be angry. You can't be negative, because uh, that, that's something where I've, I've not felt anger or negativity in a long time. I may feel it, you know, I may have the feeling, but then it comes down to that second point where I made where it's 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 about how quickly you close the gap. Um, it's one thing a uh, guy I learned from a guy called Joe Dispenza, mm. where he said it's not about not having the reaction, a negative reaction to things. It's about how long you you have control over how long you stay in that reaction. That's what people don't realize. People say that you know what they said affected me or me not reaching my goals has affected me, but it's not that that's affecting you. So what I said before, it's the meaning you give to that. And if you can change that meaning, which you have complete control to do, um, then that's where you can, you know, you can feel that negativity, but you can instantly, pretty much in seconds, uh, just turn that off uh, and switch straight back into a beautiful state. Uh, and if you operate life in that beautiful state, that's when you're truly happy. Money makes no difference. Nothing external can make a difference to you because you, you internally you are, you are happy. Internally you are content uh, and everything is just, you know the world is here to serve you uh, and it's not there to be against you or to do anything against you so that from there that's where i've been the happiest i've ever been in my life yeah it's amazing i've uh talked at length with a second podcast i did with a a man named mike mike lucchese um for anyone who wants to go back and listen but we discussed the power of you are not your thoughts 100 percent. and the problem most people experience things like depression, anxiety, and suffering because 
when the feeling arrives, which you don't have control over. And Joe Dispenza does a, a good job of articulating this, which is, it's kind of a false flag of meditation is that you eventually get to the place where you're controlling your thoughts. That's never the case. It, ultimately, like meditation is simply the ability to observe them detach and from still them. and detach. And, you know, we talked in that episode about, you can imagine your mind as this kind of frame or looking up at the sky, like the emotions that you experience are like clouds passing through. And sometimes those are big clouds. Sometimes it's a whole storm. However, they are still passing through mm-hmm. and you are the observer watching the sky. You mm-hmm. aren't the clouds themselves. You also aren't the sky itself. And so whether it's a positive emotion or a bout of depression, anxiety, worry, things like that, you can observe the feeling, see it come up within yourself and say, oh, like I am feeling sad, but I am not sadness. Yeah, 100%. I am feeling depression, but I am not depression. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Creating that gap solves all of your issues because it's the, like you said, the ability to detach from it and the, the gap between that is, uh, it brings to mind a quote from Viktor Frankl who wrote Man's Search for Meaning. He said that between stimulus and response, there's a gap and in that gap, we choose our life or something yeah, to that effect, which I've um, butchered the quote, but he's, he's talking about the same concept. And in his context, he was a survivor of a Holocaust camp and all these things. So somebody from that very deep end of the Mm. spectrum of true physical suffering, like stuff that most people could never imagine, imagine or or make their life's experience analogous to if somebody like that can say that. Yeah. It's um, very true. Easy to internalize. There's there's two things here, which has been really powerful on this exact topic. The first thing is from a book called uh, the untethered soul. Mm. Uh, And uh, in that book, it talks about in your head, you live with a roommate. It's not just you. You live with that voice in your head is your roommate. And it's up to you to decide. Like, it's up to you. You have complete control over deciding if you want to listen to that voice or not. Mm. And that voice quite, you know, pretty much all the time tries to make the worst of most situ- every situation that you're in. Uh, it tells you things and it, sa- it gives you thoughts and all this kind of stuff that you, if you did take action and think that was you, then your life would be pretty rubbish. rubbish. But it's up to you to, deter- to, to always be conscious and self-aware uh, of the fact that that voice in your head is not you, like you just said, and detach from that voice. And you, can, you are just solely an, asber- uh, an observer of that voice and, and, and you don't have to actually take action and, and live your life and make de- de- decide your decisions based off what it's saying to you. And the second thing is this quote, I'm not going to say it right, but it's just like a quote I heard yes, uh, read yesterday actually, where it's like a, it's like a, a cher- some Cherokee, like old Indian, um, you know, tribe leader told mm-hmm. his, told his son, um, there's a war in my head as, as there is in your head and everybody else's head between two wolves. The first wolf is evil and it's like all the negative things, you know, fear, anxiety, whatever else, uh, uh, sorrow. And the second wolf is, is like a beautiful state, a beautiful thing. It's like a happiness and, and love and joy and gratitude. Uh, and then the son asked, you know, which wolf is going to win? Uh, and the, the leader said, it's, it's the one you feed the most. So it's, it's, it's truly something that I realized where you can build momentum up in both ways, positive and negative. So even something as simple as you wake up and start of the day, you open your phone up, you compare yourself to other, you compare yourself to other people, even the fact of opening your phone up versus doing what you know you want to do, which is start your morning routine and go outside, you know, just get started with the day, go train. You that That's the first step where you start the negative momentum. Then you go on your phone, you go on Instagram, you scroll. That scrolling is giving you a false sense of dopamine uh, and rubbish dopamine. Then maybe you compare yourself to somebody else and be like, oh, I wish I was like them. Or maybe when it, when it comes to the physique or when it comes to their, their, their success. And then it just builds up negative momentum where they're in maybe, oh, okay, then you just watch some videos then. And you just keep doing that and keep doing that. You keep doing the things that build up negative momentum to then the day just seems like, you know, rubbish. You just, this was a rubbish day. I, I felt like shit today. Like, honestly, when anybody, anybody comes to me saying I've been feeling like shit, shit recently, 
it's like it's because they haven't understood this this way of thinking they haven't truly internalized you know what we just said in the last 10 minutes um so yeah it's something really powerful and the same happens you know in the opposite way you you feel amazing if you get, if you just make that one decision to to get up out of your bed and do what you, you know you want to do deep down which is start your morning routine or go outside or go and train straight away um that builds a positive momentum you cho- you make the right decision with food you you, you eat right then when you eat right, you feel better then when you train you feel better then then you go to work and you think less you just actually take action then the whole day feels amazing the whole day feels full um and that's what I've found as the reason as to why people have, you know, shit days and days merge into one and you don't feel like you're really living your life and, you know, you're just kind of like, that's what depression is almost. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's really powerful, this stuff. And if you truly internalize it, this is what truly makes the difference between your quality of your life uh, uh, being, you know, shit and, and amazing. I agree. And I talk about it in week three of my program, which is um, the dagger in your side, kind of getting out of your own way mm. and the power of things like routines, habits, etc. You're kind of leveraging the power of both the unconscious, but like it's, it's a universal law, like Newton's third law, like with inertia, it can go whichever direction you allow it to accumulate. Mm-hmm. And the hardest part in life is changing direction of momentum or even starting it in the first place. Mm-hmm. But that positive spiral, like you, ch- you decide the direction of the spiral. It can mm-hmm. be a very quick downward spiral and it can be a very, very quick upward spiral. And, and it's just the the, the, getting the flywheel going at the beginning, which gotcha. is super hard. You're cranking it. It's very intentional. But within a matter of days sometimes, weeks sometimes, months sometimes, you look back and it's like effortless and unconscious, right? Like you mm-hmm. and I are at a state where training isn't a decision we make every day. It's yeah, just 100%. what we do. And so. we also look forward to it. It's very yeah. exciting to us. But there was a time in both of our journeys where Definitely. you had to force yourself, like, fuck, I have to schedule this in. Like, I have to go. I don't want to go. You have to drag yourself. But enough of those days in a row, dragging yourself through conscious effort, it becomes unconscious. There's also one thing which has been really powerful for me, uh, even to this day, when it comes to working. I think the reason a lot of people procrastinate or don't take action on what they need to do when it comes to their work or their business is they separate um, starting and doing. So they, mm-hmm. like for me, I had, I knew that when it comes to work, you know, it was just, I have a problem with getting started. But then when I actually do the work, I enjoy it. You know, I get into the flow. Um, and then I realized like, there's no difference between starting and doing the work. Like you just make, you're creating that difference. You're creating the separation. Mm. Uh, so like, it's the same thing, you know, it's and objectively in the world, it's the same thing. Um, starting a work, starting work or doing the work is nothing. There's no difference in that, uh, but you are creating the difference. And then by creating the difference and putting so much, you know, attaching so much to starting the work, it could be judgment of, of the fact you haven't done it yet or fear of the fact that, what if I can't do it properly or what if, you know, whatever. Um, or even fear of something like, for example, you're doing a task in your business where like, it can lead to you making money or reaching your goals in the future. You even have a fear of the fact that you won't even reach those goals. So that mm. will, something so far away can still affect you taking action right now and something so small. Um, it's, stuff, it's all the stuff you attach to starting the work that actually is the reason you procrastinate. And if you just learn to consciously remove that separation and just start without thinking, it just remove the thinking and just start. Just, just put, there's no, no effort. It should be effortless, but just you just start typing you just you just get there you just show up uh, same with training uh, you just show up to the gym uh, and, and and like it's, it's like so many books you know try to see it in different ways you know like a two minute rule or something i don't remember which book that was maybe atomic habits it was like just just start doing it for two minutes and mm-hmm. you realize that you know like you, you'll actually you know want to keep going or go to the gym and do two reps just tell yourself tell yourself that you're going to do two reps there but then when you do two reps you're going to want to do the whole workout it's that kind of thing where like just stop separating the starting of it or going there uh, and actually doing it because it's the same thing. You're creating the difference. 
and then from there just a few days or, or maybe even just one day of, of just doing rather than thinking before doing uh, can be the it can cause the feeling of like wow actually this i know this feels amazing uh, so like i want this feeling again um so that that can create the 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 the, the move you, the shift you need to to not procrastinate anymore to not take action on your goals when it comes to fitness when it comes to anything really fitness work um anything really to us you touched on something pretty important that i want to circle back to which is that sometimes people procrastinate for a lot of underlying reasons um that may be fear or doubt of even achieving the thing mm -hmm. but how to play devil's advocate someone listening is like you know, Kasim, I really do want to start my business, but it's just, I can't bring myself to, and they're not aware of what those reasons are, like whether it's uh, imposter syndrome or identity issues like that. How do people raise their awareness of the underlying issue rather than symptom management? Because I think that yeah. the action, it's a great way to start, but if you're always consciously forcing, that's no way to live life. Like you do want it to be effortless. You do want to yep. get to a flow. And I think it means addressing that underlying stuff. How do people bring awareness to that? So I think self-awareness is, like you said, it's the most important thing, part. It's the, it's the first step. And that first step can honestly mean you, the whole shift can be made. Uh, for me, that's what it's been. Like, just the awareness of the fact that I, this is the reason I've been procrastinating. This is the reason I haven't been taking action. It was enough for me to actually take action. So self-awareness for me has come from several things. I think the most important and easiest thing you can do every single day is journaling. I think journaling and really getting used to the, journaling. People really like don't see it as the way it should. They should see it. They see it as oh, it has to be a certain structure. Or they have to do it in a certain way, or they have to only write about positive things or be great, great gratitude and stuff like this. But that's not what journaling is. Journaling is a tool, just like mushrooms is, or just like anything else is. Really, that's best positive for you. It's a tool for you to develop your thoughts. And I think pe a lot of people in the world, the reason they aren't really developed is because they have, they lack the skill of being able to develop their thoughts. They just think and go through life think, thinking on the surface level. So the thought they have is what they have to believe. Or, or like if they have this thought, then that's, you know, that's just the way it is. But if you begin to every single day, first be aware in the in, in sense of like writing down your thoughts, brain dumping throughout the day. As Whenever you have a thought, whenever you get triggered by something and feel a, some sort of anxiety or fear or whatever negative feeling, you write it down, you become accountable with it. Um, and whatever thoughts going through your head, you actively try to develop those thoughts a bit more. So for example, uh, today I felt, you know, when I was doing my work, I kind of felt scared. I kind of felt fear and I, that kind of made me want to go to my phone and be distracted or escape what I was doing. Then you, rather than just writing that and that's, you just leave it from there, then you take the, take the time to develop that thought. Why, why did this happen? Where did this come from? What was the first thing that caused me to feel like this? You know, what was was it? Uh, looking at my the work, all the work that I had to do. Was it um, thinking about the fact that I haven't done it in the last six months? Uh, you know, what was it? And then think about what does that mean to you? What why is you know why is the fact that you haven't done it in the last six months? What does that actually mean to you? What meaning are you giving to that? Mm -hmm. Which is creating the fear. Or the same with not reaching your goals. What does reaching your goals truly mean to you? Because uh, uh, a lot of the times when it comes to fear, especially with like reaching goals with money or with business, it's always like, it's not necessarily a, th a limiting beliefs too. It comes into it. Your limiting beliefs or your fears around success uh, are usually just stories you tell yourself. Mm. Like if I don't reach here, my life's going to be over. And it's not a bad thing to have that thought initially, but you have to have control over how that affects you. Uh, in terms of like, like you have to understand, okay, that's not truly the truth, but then like that can create two things when it comes to like, you can then be, become complacent uh, or you can actually then, okay, realize that, okay, even though I'm not going to die, I need, I, this is something I truly want. And it's normally because I truly want this because it's going to mean that I'm going to be of service to myself and my family, wherever it can be. So, so yeah, there's a lot of things you can think about, but 
the journaling is the most important thing every mm. single day if you aren't journaling and also then things like meditation can come in which meditation for me just gives you the clarity it, it helps you develop the same the way you develop the your muscles in the gym meditation it helps you to develop the skill of being able to detach from your thoughts and not kind of see things see your problems as monsters you can kind of see them as just like puppies you know, saying that's like one powerful thing that i've kind of uh, learned from tony robbins where he said don't approach your problems in life when they see, they seem like monsters to you, when they seem like massive things, do things like meditation, enter a state, of, enter a beautiful state, be in a good state of self love, and whatever else could be, whatever makes you feel good, and then then approach your problems from that standpoint, because then you're actually you know you're thinking the way you should think, you're mm-hmm. not seeing things as they're not, and you're not telling yourself stories about how your life's going to be over and how everyone's going to hate you and everyone's going to judge you and wherever it can be, uh, and, and you're going to die. So all this kind of stuff is is most of what people is what holding people back in life. Um, like if I don't reach my goal, then your life's going to be over but like I've seen like you know, some of my mentees you know, 16, 17, 18 year old guys like if I don't hit 100k a month by the time of 20 I'm gonna, my life's going to be over but like bro let's, like, let's actually analyse that like you're just, talk, you're just telling yourself a story that doesn't exist and it's the same with me even uh, I went to a Tony Robbins seminar uh, it's like Unleash the Power Within event uh, earlier this year and um, one of the things he did was um, was uh, to write down your limiting beliefs. I wrote three down, which is something I didn't actually realise I had but in the event it made, it made me realise I had these limiting beliefs that were holding me back in business and in life um, in all ways, really. Um, and then what he did was this process of, I don't think it's called the Dickens process or something. Uh, it was like, so what he did was like, the lights were off. It was like, obviously like half dozen people in the room. So the energy was pretty insane. Everyone closed their eyes. And it was like Tony Robbins and the speaker, like shouting, like really intensely. Um, like he kept going through this process of, okay, imagine in a year from now, uh, imagine you kept up these limiting beliefs. What would you have lost out on? What would you have not done? What would you have, what dreams would you have given up? All this kind of stuff. And he kept doing that five years, 10 years, 15 years. And every single time he'd like really push you emotionally to like, like feel the pain, like mm. ca- cause as much in, like in, internal, uh, the feeling of pain as much as you can. Like mm. really like feel it, feel that pain, you know, like that kind of shit. And it's really insane, like how much that can affect you mm. and how much you can really cause pain inside of you when there's nothing there, you know, it doesn't exist, but you're just causing it inside of you. Um, so you kept doing that 15, 20 years, imagine in your deathbed, imagine what you, imagine the family you didn't have, imagine um, what you've missed out on, imagine all this kind of stuff, the negative things about your life. Um, uh, and then from there, you switch, he switched it completely. So like, imagine now you, you these limiting beliefs just went away. Ima- imagine what you could have done. Imagine what you can accomplish. Imagine life you could have. And he kept doing that again for like five, 10, 15 years, 20 years on your deathbed. Imagine how happy you'd be. Uh, and then after after that, at the end of that, then he was like, like, what, what do you feel now? What do you feel? And like, I feel amazing. And everyone's like screaming and crying and all this kind of shit. It's, it's like, it's, it's, it, and that just made me realize that all these things that are holding you back, you have complete control over if they actually hold you back. Uh, and something like that process is like a tool you can use. Um, to truly feel what what that feeling would be if you kept up these limiting beliefs or kept up this fear, um, it's and then after that the the, the, the okay, I guess the conclusion I came with all my limiting beliefs or all of my fears was that they just weren't valid, and I was the one who made them valid. I was the one who gave them my energy, and that created the problems in my life. So it's uh, it's really powerful to to realize all this stuff. Like this is probably what's holding back the majority of people in life is that the stories they tell themselves and the fears that they're honestly giving energy to. The same way the the guy in the, the story I told you give energy to the to the negative to the evil wolf you're just feeding him uh, and that's who you're feeding if that's who you're feeding then that's what you're going to feel and then the feeling is going to create the actions and the action is going to create your life so uh, if you can if you're not creating positive feelings uh, or emotions then you're not going to be taking positive actions or actions that can actually you know take you down the path you want to go down um so yeah it's, it's all, all the stuff this is like five percent of the stuff that i've been learning in the last like seven months but this is like some of the most important things that i've been learning uh, if you're comfortable sharing what we're if you remember them, what were the three things that you wrote down? So one of the most important things was um, 
was nobody will respect. So I had this, I've had this thing ever since I turned 18 uh, where everybody saw me. Uh, so obviously most of my life started and I pretty much started my life when I was 18, 19. Socially, you know, just online, everything. So that was kind of my identity. And um, my, my identity at the time was like the 18, 19 year old, teenage success, you know, the teenage millionaire, all this kind of stuff. That was my identity. So I only thought people respected me because of that. Mm. Uh, and I, I had this fear around if I don't hit a certain number goal or, or if I don't, I'm, not, I'm not extremely, extremely successful, um, even more than I am right now uh, in, in the ways that I want to be um, by the time I turn 21, which is in a few months time in December. Um, if I don't have that, then if I'm not you know, at that point, then no one will respect me. I'll, I'll have no one's respect, I'll be nothing. So I had this limiting belief of 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 that, where, you know, nobody nobody would like me, nobody would respect me. I, I I'd be nothing if I wasn't, you know, worth ten million by the age of twenty one. Some stupid numbers like this, right? Uh, worth ten million or had these other goals or, um, you know, in the peak in the peak position that I wanted to be in uh, by the time I'm twenty one, twenty two, um, and that that thing that I was telling myself was the reason as to why I wouldn't do something as small as go to train or do the work I need to do mm. or take action on the task that I wanted to take action on, um, and it was insane. Like I just realized that this just is nothing like uh, like it doesn't make it uh, one it doesn't make a difference people think about you uh, and two nobody's gonna think about it anyway no one no one's coming to me and thinking that because you're not making 10 mil by the age 21 you're, you're nothing uh, it was just a story i told myself because of that was my identity and i, and I held on to that identity so much mm. that was the most important thing the other two i can't really remember the exact words but it was around the same sort of thing um but yeah that, that was the biggest one for sure I, I, ever since then i've truly realized that like I said, one, it doesn't really make a difference when anybody thinks about you, uh, and, and two, it's uh, that that whole like that. I think with every other, that that the same conclusion I came to with every other limiting belief I've ever had uh, that I still have now, it's there. It just doesn't. It's not real. You're just making it up, and it's a story you tell yourself. It's a story you tell yourself, but it's also a really hard kind of like thing because if you tell somebody who's like in that you know situation where they they're so scared and they they're in that you know kind of frame of mind where they're had these limiting beliefs and they're affecting them so much like they're monsters to the person if you say to them it's a story you're telling yourself it's not true they're gonna get defensive they're gonna be like no that's not true i'm not so it's not a story i'm telling myself all this kind of stuff you don't know how it works yeah yeah yeah, i've i've got i've had that so many times where i kind of had to learn how i can bring this to people Mm. in a way that it won't affect anyone it will actually impact their lives and really make the change in their lives with with my mentees and stuff like that because i've I mean, I've had the same journey that I think most of the people are starting starting when it comes to like guys, my mentees who are like this in any age really, but like for example, 18, 19, 20, 21, I've been through the journey that they're going through. Um, so I kind of know now why they're having the same problems, why they're having the same thoughts, all this kind of stuff. So I used to kind of like, when I didn't truly understand how I should, you know, really like you know, take this massive realization and, and bring it to people in like a you know easy way for them to truly understand mm-hmm. it over time. Uh, I used to just say when somebody would come to me with a big, big fear, like, oh, my business is going to fall apart because this one small change that I have to make to the way that I, you know, offer my service. Um, they say like, oh, everything's going to fall apart. Everything I did was a lie. And I say to them, it's just a story you're telling yourself. It's not true. Uh, and they'd get so defensive. Like, no, it's not a story you're telling myself. It's just straight, it's the facts, all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So was, then that's when I realized as well, what I told you was like, it's really important to, approach your problems when they're not monsters to you uh, and approach them when they are just like, pup, like little puppies like you just you can you can approach them and you can do you have control over if, if they affect you or not and then you can truly dive deep into them okay what does this truly mean to me uh why do i have this fear where did it come from what triggers what triggers it um what happens when it, when it gets triggered what pattern do i fall into you know if it could be physical um physically emotionally um there's always a pattern you fall into you like your life is made up of patterns so if you can identify those patterns that you fall into and what triggers them then you're able to either adapt the patterns or just like throw them away and and, and make new ones um 
and that's where you can you can make up your your life in a sense because I had so many of them um, I had a massive fear of being alone as well from childhood and kind of insecurity and that fear of being alone affected so much stuff more socially and a bit of the business but if, for example let's say someone would um would get slightly annoyed at me or, or angry at me for any certain reason. I'd just shut off. I couldn't communicate. I'd feel like shit for days sometimes. I wouldn't live my life properly. Um, I'd stay it's in my bed. I would be in a suffering state, like a very bad suffering state. And um, this is when I realised as well, this is happening in April when I realised it. I was like, yeah, I, I didn't actually know I had this fear. And this fear was the thing that was affecting me so much. Uh, and, then I, and then I went through the, the, the negativity and the pain where it was like, why am I so scared to be alone? And I discovered for myself why I was so scared and realized that it's not true. I, I, like, I can be alone. I'm happy being alone. I'm mm. actually the best I've ever been when I'm alone. Um, it's just a story you tell yourself about how these negative things will happen that the, when, I'm, when I'm alone or, uh, you know, all this, you need external validation to be happy. But, but yeah, it all comes down to everything you want in life can come, it comes from within you and all the answers you're seeking for are already inside of you. It's just like you have a filter over your eyes or over your you know your mind where you you can't access that yet because of your ego because of the, your fears because of your judgment because of you know whatever it could be that's the reason you can't access these answers that are already inside of you and those answers are the, are the things that will actually set you free in terms of being able to achieve whatever you want to achieve and be truly happy and fulfilled and all this kind of stuff so how do people take it from listening to a podcast like this and understanding reading books conceptually they get it they're like got it okay i'm it's limiting beliefs it's mindsets it's seeing myself it's the stories i'm telling myself but how do they change the stories they're telling themselves and how do they feel into the right way of living so the, i think the, the the easiest and the most important thing you have to do every single day which is what i found is you have to make sure every single day you're in a beautiful state because when you're in a suffering state is when all these problems and these roadblocks come like i realized that it was only when I'm in a suffering state uh, during my days that I overthink, that I stress out, that I procrastinate, that I do all this road, all these roadblocks that everyone else has as well. And then I realized that every day that I'm in a beautiful state, these roadblocks just fade away. These fears that I have fade away. These, The judgment of myself fades away. Uh, it's just not there really anymore. And even if it says there, you're able to approach it and address it properly. Like when I said, it's not a monster, it's a puppy now. So you can actually address it and, and dive deep into it and then, then it will fade away. So the most important thing is to end, make sure every single day you're doing the things that make you feel amazing or make you feel any, be in any state. It could be gratitude, uh, it could be joy, it could be compassion, it could be you know, love. It's, but love's the most important one in my opinion. So what I've discovered is that there's a book that really helped me with this called uh, Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It by mm. Kamal Ravikant and Naval Ravikant's brother. Um, so in this book, he he goes over like he goes over the whole concept of self love and how it you know he went from depressed and his business falling apart and it got broken you know, so his girl broke up with him and all this kind of stuff like he's gonna kill himself to then you know being the man he is today extremely successful running a massive you know venture capital firm and all this kind of stuff um, and he went like this is the process that saved his life so the the main part of the book is is talking about the five practices of self love. Uh, the first one is, uh, I mean, there's four, I think it goes in the book, but there's five that I that I use. So the, the first one is uh, meditation. So meditation, it could be something as simple as like the way he says it in the book is just turn on a good song, obviously not like a pop song, but like, you know, a more like a song that makes you feel good in whatever way because of the instruments. Turn on a good song, could be five minutes, seven minutes, just meditate to that song. Just be just breathe in and out. And every time you breathe in, like tell yourself, I love myself. And then when you breathe out, uh, just, just try to like just let go of everything and almost like just try feel the light coming into you. It's, mm. Maybe it doesn't make sense right now, but when you meditate, you will feel that like light coming into you and you feel kind of like almost like, it's like something that happens to me where if I meditate for long enough and, and, and properly uh, and really like surrender, then I almost kind of like, without wanting to, I just say thank you. Mm. I just feel grateful. 
I, like, I don't know who I'm saying thank you to, but I just say thank you. And that's like this, this, the place you should get to when you meditate. It could take five minutes, it could take 10 minutes, it could take 15 minutes, but however long it takes, you should get there. That's the first one. Uh, the second one is journaling for me. Uh, journaling is, is, is that way of being able to first put on your thoughts and be self, self-aware of them, but also the way that I journal every single day is I first set intentions, so probably like three intentions for the day um, of who I want to be, how I want to live that day. Even one of them can be like, uh, today I'm going to make sure that I love myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything I can and be the person that loves himself. Um, then I go to gratitude and like not gratitude in a very like a corny way, just like truly, like what are you feeling grateful for at this point in life? Not just oh, I'm grateful for my health, I'm grateful for this. Like truly, like exactly what are you grateful for? Because the, the reason you're doing this is to the reason you're writing it rather than just thinking it is because this writing it and seeing it should like cause the feeling and that's what you're trying to achieve with journaling you're trying to achieve the feeling uh, it's, it's obviously not the most effective way of feeling but it's one of the ways it's one of the easiest ways um and then after that i go into um yeah, gratitude and then also commitments so after that's commitment so what am i committed to right now and you should only have maybe like three to five commitments that you really are committed to could be with work could be with personal life could be the, even the fact that you're committed to loving yourself and doing whatever you need to do to, to make that happen um and then i go into my action steps which is like the task in the day and then i have like one two pages of my thoughts feelings and realizations of that day uh, even acknowledgements as well so that two pages is pretty much just for like brain dumping any thoughts that i have develop them any realizations that i have any things that i'm thinking about any acknowledgements that i want to make just mm-hmm. to myself uh, and that should cause the feeling of like you're writing this down like i felt amazing today when i did this that should like even you know boost the feeling of amazingness that you have in yourself that's the second one the third one is something that's a bit more uh i guess taboo but it's something honestly one of the most powerful ones for me uh and, and i it's crazy as well because i realized this 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 exercise um which is one of the practices of self-love i realized this practice not from the book but from my mushroom experience mm. um but it's crazy because what i did in the mushroom experience without you know trying to do it, it just happened um was what it told me to do in the book but mm. i read the book after the mushroom trip so it was pretty, pretty insane um so the the, the the practice is called the mirror exercise so the mirror exercise is pretty much all about um, falling in love with yourself. So the whole idea of it is, it, it, and, and also when I describe this, it may sound like, you know, it's a bit weird, but in the book he even says this, where it's like, if it, sound, if it feels weird to you and you feel, if you feel uncomfortable, that's the reason you should be doing it. Because if you, if you don't, and the exercise is, um, you look in the mirror, you look into your eyes and nothing's around you, nobody's around you, nothing to like change the way you think and you just look into yourself and you just talk to yourself. Um, but the main thing to, to say to yourself is, is like, I love you. you know, mm-hmm. I, I love myself. I, I, I like just look into your eyes and, and fall in love with yourself. Uh, and what he said in the book was that if this feels uncomfortable for you, this this means this is the most important practice for you. Because if you can't even, as a man, if you can't love yourself properly and you can't fall in love with yourself, that love means nothing to anybody else. You can't truly pass that love into anybody else. You can't love your girlfriend. You can't love your parents because you'll always be in a state of projection, uh, projecting your lack of love. Um, so as a man, it may sound a bit corny, but you, you really need to fall in love with yourself. And looking yourself in the mirror and talking to yourself is one of the most powerful ways to do that. And just whatever comes into your mind. Uh, like, for example, when me and the mushroom trip, I looked in the mirror, um, I looked in my eyes and I was just like, I'm, I'm so sorry that I've never loved you. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't like try to say this. It just came out, right? Um, and like, uh, it's just me and you. No one's going to come save us. All this kind of stuff. I just had a conversation with myself for like half an hour. But even doing it for like five minutes is enough uh, every single morning or every single, any, any time in the day, really. That's the third one. The fourth one is, um, fuck, I'm going to forget it now. Oh, the fourth one is doing something power- that makes you feel powerful. Mm. Um, so make something that makes you feel powerful, that makes you feel amazing. So for me, I, I discovered it with shadow boxing. Uh, and like, I just working out in general, but mainly shadow boxing because it just makes me feel good. Um, so what, wherever that can be for, for you, find what that is. It could be even just like going outside for a walk, but anything that you're moving and you're outside, 
um, that makes you feel powerful. You could also use like your music to be a trigger. So like you put you in that state as well as you're doing it. But for me, like I know that when I feel a little bit rubbish, if I just go outside, listen to the, the, the trigger music that I have, like five songs that, you know, it's almost like a, a acts as a trigger to put me into a beautiful state. Um, and, and I shadow box to it and I really go intense then I f it makes me feel powerful and it could be running it could be working out it could be lifting weights whatever makes you feel good but doing something having this at this something that makes you feel good uh, this movement that you do that makes you feel powerful makes you feel amazing that makes you feel like you're unstoppable it makes you feel like you're a champion that, that's the, the, the last one that's the most important one uh, and all this stuff everything all these five practices can see like half an hour in total and that half an hour in a day can change the whole course of the day. And that can that day can change the whole course of your month. That month can change, change the whole course of the year. And that year can change the whole course of your life. So it's it's this all starts from these five practices. And it, this could be others too, but these are the five more important ones. Um, and there's other, there's other stuff from guys like Tony Robbins. He has the power of our, the hour of power, stuff like this. But they're all just different forms of pushing yourself and acting as a bridge to push you into a beautiful state and feeling either grateful or feeling love or feeling joy um, and whatever it is. Um, that, that makes you feel amazing. That then creates the beautiful state for you to take action. If you could only keep one from that list, what would you keep? It's hard because I feel like journaling serves multiple purposes. But I, when it comes to like pushing myself into a beautiful state, I think I'm probably the mirror exercise. Because it's the one that, it's mainly because it's the one that um, I, I did without knowing it was a practice of self-love. Uh, yeah. And the fact then, I, then after when I realized it, like from the book, it was a practice of self love. It, I think the universe is trying to tell me like this is something that really means important. That's important to you, and it may be something different. You know, it may be different practices depending on where you are in life. You know, everybody is affected in different ways. But for me, I think that one's important because it's not just you know a certain thing that you do when you look in the mirror to yourself. It's just whatever you feel like you need to, what like you should be doing. You could even, for example, like just f start flexing in the mirror, start like you know shadow boxing it to the, in the mirror. It's about looking at yourself and falling in love with yourself. That's the idea of it. And whatever way that hap whatever way you can get there is you know what what you, what you should be doing. But the easiest thing to do is just look in your eyes uh, and focus into your eyes and just like remove the feelings of like oh this is a bit weird judgment or whatever uh, and just tell yourself you love yourself. Uh, and say whatever words you want to say and act like it's a person that you're talking to because that's what it felt like on the mushrooms like if they felt like it was a different person there in front of me but it was just me um so yeah that, that's probably the most uh, powerful one because that can then you know create the everything from there you know you can there's, there's so much stuff you can do in that five ten minutes you speak to yourself where you can you know god knows what can happen from there what do you think is the biggest thing that you're still working through right now um i still feel like even what i'm talking about here is is this is what one thing that it says in the in love yourself like life depends on it too is that it's not just about doing this stuff uh, and doing these practices when you feel you know rubbish like obviously everyone when you feel sick you'll do everything to feel healthy when you feel healthy you stop doing the things that you did to get feel healthy mm. right so like when you feel amazing you just think I'm fine now I love myself now just by, you just assume that you love yourself it's the biggest thing that I'm trying to still stick to is making sure that no matter what happens in my day uh, no matter how amazing I feel already. Uh, or, or whatever I make sure that these practices that are important to me that I do them every single day because I can't imagine like this is almost like my ceiling right now where like in life my, my ceiling in life is I can't imagine where I can get to if every single day I love myself like in business and mm. in, in, in fitness and life everything uh, I can't imagine the action I can take uh, and the progress I can make and everything that I want to do if every single day I, I'm in a beautiful state uh, and that beautiful state is most likely going to be love so if I do the things that make me love myself I can't imagine what can happen. So if I do that for like one month, two months, like I'm probably going to be living a completely different life in like a few months' time. But it's just about making sure that I do that every single day and not being lazy. That's what I'm trying to work through right now. Amazing. Well, Kasim, it's been 
awesome. And I think that we can keep going and, and going. Yeah. So I think that that's a beautiful note to start to wrap things up. I have three closer questions that I ask every guest on this sure. podcast. Um, and I think they'll be very, very relevant today to this conversation. So the first is if you go back to a younger version of yourself and tell him one thing, what would that be? It would be to, most likely to the self-love. Uh, that's the, probably the most powerful thing that I've ever discovered um, for myself. It's stop just loving who you can be and, and take the time and do the things that make you love who you are right now because you're not going to ever be able to take act, the proper real action uh, to, 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 to achieve what you want to achieve unless you love who you are right now. And I think that comes in a lot of ways. You know, it can come from, and the lack of love can come from insecurities, can come from conditioning from a ch from childhood, can come from the way your parents spoke to you. It can, it can come from a lot of things. But if you, you know, develop a love for yourself and you fall in love with yourself, that's when you feel unstoppable. I and mean, when you have that feeling, you can do anything really. You know, in any in any in any you know path of life, you can really accomplish anything you want. Amazing. Secondly, uh, I'm a big quote person. We've referenced a number of them on this podcast. So, what is one quote that's always stuck with you, or that you try to live by? Um. Dan's a lot of quotes. Mm -hmm. I think that quote that you um, that I told you earlier is a very important one to me because it, it makes me realize that the most important thing in my uh, that, that I think everyone does in life. Uh, so, every, most important thing to realize that everyone does in life is is they, they feed their own wolf, mm. um, uh, and it's just if you always feed the 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 the, per, the 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 good wolf, not the evil wolf, then everything will be fine because that's what's gonna push you to be in a beautiful state to then you, you, that that willful win the war so that's one of the things i think that are most part that's been most powerful uh, in my life amazing and then finally what do you believe is your unique gift to give the world i think uh, this is what i discovered when i spent time with monks but i think uh, i've been gifted this opportunity in life where i've been successful from a young age uh, not just with business but just i've you know, being able to experience things that most people will, will either never experience or definitely not experience at my age. Uh, and I've, I've, like the reason I've been given that is so that I can then pass down that knowledge and like kind of take my experiences with business, with success, with money, with, experience, with experiences, with life, with self-mastery, everything. Um, I, I, and then understand and internalize how I can then, you know, I guess teach that or show that and, uh, or portray that in a way that people will understand and they can make the same transformation that I, that I had without having the experiences. Um, and to pass down that wisdom, that knowledge to, to, to people, especially the younger generation, especially for me, it's important to pass it down to people who were like me two, three years ago when I first started out. Um, but that's where it comes to, like, my mission in life uh, is to, you know, ha push, myself past, push myself past my limits in every form of life with, with business, with fitness, with relationships, with social environments, everything, um, so that I can then take that knowledge and pass it down uh, to, to the young generation or to whoever else and, and help them unlock their potential. Um, so first, obviously, through like business uh, and then through life in general, then through their mindset, then through self-mastery. Um, so yeah, that's, that's pretty much the, the, my way of being a service to the world is being able to push myself to the limits and then pass down whatever I learn and the wisdom I, I, I have um, from that experience or from whoever I learn to, then, to the people that, that are so desperately seeking that information just like I was three years ago, but never had access to it. Mm. It's amazing, brother. It's a, it's a mission and an arena that I'm proud to share with you um no, it's been excellent to share this space with you i appreciate you sharing your story your candidness your vulnerability as well as the lessons i think you're really well put together and you have thank you man. shared a lot of really actionable frameworks which i think will be helpful for people to take thank away you. where can the people find you and what are you working on so i think the probably 
easiest place to find me is Kasim.Akram on Instagram. I'm most active on Instagram. Twitter is named Kasim Akram and uh, YouTube probably as well. It's probably the best place to look at my stuff if you want to learn more from me and see more about me. Same Kasim Akram. So yeah, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter, most important places. And then from there, if you are if you want to get into the agency space and you want to start a business, then uh, you can obviously look at the winner's circle um, and, and you can just see from my links and my YouTube, you'll be able to see that stuff from there. Amazing. For those listening, obviously all of Kasim's links are in the show notes. Um, you're obviously finding us on either Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or whatever your podcast player is. You can continue to listen on to more of these on those platforms. Your support is so important to myself. Uh, it means the world to me. It allows me to live this amazing life, connect with mm-hmm. people like Kasim and others. Um, you can follow myself at Z-D-S-C-H-E-N-K-E on Instagram and Twitter. Obviously, follow along on YouTube. And finally, thank you for spending your time and attention, your most valuable resources with myself and Kasim today. 100% appreciate Mori, and I'll catch you on the next episode of the Trivian Podcast. And if he fails... At least fails while daring greater, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat.